Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there. And we're about to start Two Old Bloggers and what a day it's been, what news we have. And we're going to talk all about it. Your Minnesota Vikings, their new GM, what are we going to do with a quarterback and of coat and of course we're going to talk any coach updates. Have we had some today? Question mark. We'll find out after the rolling. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Hey everyone, Dave here and Darren again over there. We're here with Two Old Bloggers, ready to talk some Vikings football. But first, Darren, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to see another team needs a quarterback too. (laughs) Or maybe needs a quarterback. Maybe. The big word out of this morning, of course, was that uh, it was Schefter went with Tom Brady. The GOAT is retiring. Well, there's been since reports coming out that say, uh, no, that may not be the case. So we don't know quite yet whether uh, he's gone or not. But that would definitely, definitely raise Kirk Cousins' value in the NFC. Preferably trade value, but it would definitely raise that, especially if Rodgers left to go somewhere else as well. But who knows? So <laughs> we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. And, and uh, I want to welcome everybody to the chat Raymond, Arthur, Stephen, Seawise, G.S. Laughlin, The Drewster, Mary. Missed you, Mary, last week. Sean, Jason, all y'all, welcome to Two Old Bloggers, and let's get this show started. Great crew out watching so far. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, first topic of discussion that you wanted to go over. If I could find my place here. Here we go is to talk the new hire, Cam the Man, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa is your new Vikings GM. And I'm sure everybody who's watching knows exactly that's the case because we see you on everybody else's shows as well and you've been watching us all week. What did you think of the... Kwesi Adolfo Mensa hire, Darren. Well, to be, uh, I'll admit that I initially was um, leaning more, more on the Ryan Poles side of things, and there was two big reasons for that. And one was he was there, they drafted Patrick Mahomes, and also he was there when they the Chiefs pretty much redid their entire offensive line last offseason and turned it from uh, – what some people feel was the reason they lost the Super Bowl last year, Super Bowl to uh, like a, a top five unit this year. Uh, like, and th- to me, the quarterback and offensive line have been the two biggest sore spots for the Vikings for, you know, going on two decades now. And if, if polls had any uh, secret sauce or work in getting two things right, uh, I was interested in having them here, but he signed with the bears and, Really, the, the more I th- thought about it, uh, you had talked before, Dave, about you know the three kind of pools that you draw a g- general manager from, and polls was really from really the the pool that we'd already our previous GM was from was a guy he he started up from the bottom of the ranks, guy who played football, rose up through the scouting, uh, and got progressively greater responsibility within the Chiefs organization for football scouting and football um, you know activities and that's kind of what Rick Spielman did well we already had we've already done that with Spielman it did not work uh, you know Quasi Adolfo Mensa is is uh, didn't have that traditional uh, uh, route through things he didn't play football but uh, you know I applaud the Wilts for this hire I think it's a and an, an, you know outside the box uh, hire and it's not like uh, one thing that's been disappointing is that 
some of the discourse that's been going on and on social media since uh, CAM, uh, I might use that. CAM is going to be sort of the, the uh, acronym for Quasi Adolfo Mensa, I think, for a lot of us from here on in. But, uh, you know, that there's some some racial overtones to the criticism of of the hire uh either that he got it because he was a minority or that it was some sort of a woke hiring or or whatever Mm -hmm. uh but this cat's been in the nfl for 10 years now and he's worked under some pretty good people uh and he mentioned them in his press conference john lynch kyle shanahan was there with Harbaugh for a couple of years. I went to Cleveland with Andrew Barry, who's done a really good job over there in two years in Cleveland and turning the what we used to call uh, the Cleveland skid marks into a, an organization that looks like it's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you look at the players that, uh, that have been drafted by those two organizations, which we discussed, discussed a couple of weeks ago, uh, um, you, you know, the Debo Samuels, Fred Warners, um, and, uh, you know, even Baker Mayfield, Jedrick Willis, uh, and guys like that, uh, all of those, some really good players, Debo Samuel, to have any sort of, um, for Quasi uh, Adolfo Mensa to have a role in that, uh, I think uh, says a lot about the kind of uh, um, individual he is and the talent, uh, the eye for talent that he has. And, the, and I think that he's going to now... We don't know, like I said, we don't know if this new hire will work. You never know if a new hire is going to work. But I like the fact that the Vikings did not go the, try the same old, same old approach. They're trying something new. And if they, and if this works, if, it's still an if, but if it works, I think it's going to really work well. And by really work, I mean turning the Vikings from the so-so, occasionally make the playoffs, a team, pretty good team, to a team that, as Quasey said, uh, he was pretty clear about what his goal is: win divisions, make the playoffs, compete for championships. That's what mm-hmm. every Vikings and that he wants to wants. win a Super Bowl, without and a he doubt. Wants to win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, these press conferences, you try to people are trying to, you're trying to like get a sense of who, what this, this guy is, what the measure of the guy is, what his vision for the team is. And uh, it was pretty clear, both from what Mark Wills said and what Quasi Adolfo Mensa said in the press conferences that I said, that you know some of the, the big things, the takeaways you get from that is uh, consensus, commu- strong communication, connecting with people, and listening and being and, and learning and, and building a culture where everybody in the organization from players on down to uh, the coaching staff, the scouting staff, the, the people who work day to day in the offices feel that they're being listened to and valued. Uh, I think that that's going to really resonate with a lot of people in that building and it's going to resonate with the players because the comments that Brian O'Neill made, the comments that Eric Kendricks made a couple of weeks ago, uh, really indicated to me that that was not happening, at least on the coaching staff and maybe the general manager level, and that they wanted to see that happen. They wanted to do away with the culture of fear that had uh, that had developed under Zimmer and Spielman and go into a different direction. And Quasi Adolfo Mensa is definitely that to be a guy who's going to that different direction. Um, now. And one thing that I – go ahead, David. I was about to say, I think it's a great choice because, you know, the, the old traditional way coming up through as a scout is what the Vikings have done for 61 seasons so far. It hasn't worked. Um, can it work? Oh, of course it can work. But you're working on slim margins. I think now he's coming in with the – and I hate to use the term money ball because I don't want it to go exactly like – Moneyball went, but with a different approach, I think it gives the Vikings a chance, like you said, to be that contender, to be almost revolutionary in how they approach football. But he's got to make some decisions here shortly. Well, and big, big, big ones. Big ones. And let's start off with the head coaching search. All right, we knew everybody who was interviewed prior to him being named the GM. Since then, we've had this morning, it was reported by the Vikings themselves, that they completed a 
interview with Patrick Graham, DC for the Giants. Now, what I find out find interesting about Patrick Graham is that he has developed a system on the defense where he what he calls dots and spots. And he's a nerd wannabe sort of type, but he he uses visual graphics to how to set up a defense to go against any particular offense. I think that's very much on the line of thinking of what Quasi's looking for. Quasi's looking for. And this is obviously the first Quasi addition to that head coaching list. And then Yeah, and Go ahead, David. Well, I was going to move on to the next one that they're supposedly interviewing right now. The big name that's in the chat, even. I'm sorry to cover <laughs> you up, but there you go. That's okay. Pro Football Talk saying the Vikings are interviewing Coach Jim Harbaugh. And there have been rumors that this may happen. I don't know quite how I feel about it. Uh, Jim would probably want complete control of the roster. And we know during Quasi's interview, when he was asked about that, he sort of mm, did the two-step around that question. And we all did thought, ah, he's, got, he's got control of the 53. But there were some people that was going, eh, he may not. Depends on who the coach is. And we know the Wilfs wanted to make a splash. They always like to make a splash. And I wonder if Harbaugh is that splat. It would be that splash. Now the question is, be does a he big get splash. hired or not? Mm-hmm. And what that would mean? Yeah, I to me, uh, I uh, like the, the Graham uh, interview is interesting. I, I think, like you said, because Quasi uh, in his in his presser, he talked about uh, one of his things is that uh, he's big on gathering as much inf- information as you can to make uh, to get to where you need to go and make the the right decisions and uh, t- he talked about there's he believes there's always ways every week that you can gain advantage over your opponent uh week in and week out and this was one of the things that we thought a lot of us david you and i and many other vikings fans thought was a you know one of the the big weaknesses of zimmer mm-hmm. the last few years is that we, we weren't gaining an advantage actually the coaching may have been in a disadvantage uh so uh yeah the, the i can see where graham would really interest uh, and his views on defense would really interest quasi um you know have the giants been a great defense Lately, well, they haven't been a great team lately, and and uh, they've been a terrible team, actually, a terrible organization. So, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're not a fan of the Giants, you're not really watching them very much, and I'm one of those people. So I do not think that uh, – so I don't really well, know his, enough about his the, the Giants' defense is, to, to really – Was yeah. that uh, he was defensive coordinator down in Miami when they tanked that season and were 32nd. But that was a purpose – purposeful tank. He went to the Giants yes. and got their bottom-ranked defense up to 16th, and then they fell back this year to like 24th, somewhere in there. I'd have to look. And DVOA ratings. And I don't know if that's good enough, but I like the idea. I like the thought process. So that's going to be fun to see. Now, there was something about crazy that you were asking for on the previous show. That we'd get an next GM that was sort of like Eric Neander. Eric Neander from from the Tampa Bay Rays, and I think that that, that we it, it appears to me that we got potentially our Eric Neander, which is what I want—a guy who is forward thinking, innovative, uh, like like I said, can bring that uh, that bit of uh, uh, can find those ways to give the Vikings uh, the advantage week in and week out and season season after season where we're one or two steps ahead of the league in the way we prepare our teams, in the way we scout our players, in the way we approach game planning. Uh, those things are obviously very difficult to achieve. Uh, you know, the Patriots under Belichick seem to do it every year and not many other um, franchises, some franchises get it for a few years, but then they drop off. Uh, I want to see a GM who can get us 
in that consistently, like Eric Neander has done the past five, six, seven seasons for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who are sorry, the Tampa Bay Rays are not the Devil Rays anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and and they do it with almost no payroll, whereas the Vikings, that's not going to be a, a, a you know resources are not going to be an issue for the Vikings. Uh, and uh, one thing that was uh, that Quasi has been very quick about in has been tamping down this this whole thing about analytics that he's an analytics driven guy he's been trying to distance himself from being cons- being called the analytics guy and says he doesn't know what that word means and i think that that's uh, a good move by him because he doesn't want viking fans to feel that uh, that football decisions are going to be made by a bunch of geeks and purple lab coats, and it's going to be all math and not based on seeing a player and seeing what he done on on the football field, and it and it's not. Uh, you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna depend on his scouting. He's gonna depend on people who give a, you know use the eyeball test on players. Uh, you know, look at looking at character, all that sort of stuff. Or those, it's going to be a mix of a whole bunch of things. I think, like you said, all, as much information as the Vikings can gather on building a team and building a good culture, that's what they're going to do to base their decisions. Now, the details of how that gets all worked out, none of us will ever know about that because we're not working for the Vikings. But the fact that he's he's laying out that it's, there'll be no stone unturned, but it's not just going to be all about looking at stats and numbers and going through algorithms. I think is it's well, good, it's a good message for him to send out there. And I think that was a big worry about having quote Moneyball come to football. Um, they're worried about what happened in baseball was a whole bunch of these Ivy leaguers that believed in stats and being able able to. Uh, empirically figure out who's going to play and who does well and who does this and who does that. They came into baseball, and yes, when baseball deals with different salary levels, cap levels, because they don't have a salary cap, and the big teams like New York and Boston can outspend, you know, the Oakland A's or whoever. They, yep. uh, but they came in and then. They were suddenly, we're the gods. We're the number gods. We're going to tell you that this and this, this works. And there was some heartburn in in baseball over that. And it took them a while to realize that one's not superior to the other, really. It's they're both complementary. And if they work together, they produce even a better product, which is now what you're seeing in baseball. They're learning. They learn from the coach side. That uh, barrel speed, <laughs> right, means something, right? And different things like that. This could very well be, and I think Quasi is smart enough, to take that sort of approach that where we're combining everything to make sure that it's not just deadline speed and the 40, because we know, yeah, that's pretty and everybody likes to see it. But what else, you know, it's the quickness. It's how you can get out of a break. It's how you can juke a defender, how you can get him to trip over his own feet, certain things that aren't quantified now, but that we all see on the football eye side. For me, linemen, do they have the proper leverage? Are they balanced, right? Do they have a fast punch? Are they punching at the right time? Things like that. He can take that eye knowledge from the coaching side and the scouting side and then go. All right, let's look for these traits. Let's put a let's put a quantity on these traits per se, a number of some sort, and then blend that all together and come out with absolutely something extremely special. And that's what I'm hoping for. And the guys in the absolutely and uh, and and that yeah, that's what we we all want. You know, really for the NFL, the the big innovation right now that that that's sort of changing the game is is the teams and how they approach fourth downs and when to go for it and and that that's that's where the big shift has been the last couple of years uh so uh where is uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa going to land on that and and does he have something else up his sleeve some other aspect of of the f- football and how it's approached that 
he's that's going to become part of the team culture, the, the the football philosophy of this next head coach and personality puts together. What are going to be the you know the cutting edge things that 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 we don't know about yet that that he's going to bring bring in there? Or maybe there'll be, maybe there there won't be anything obvious. But right. uh, we what you really like what you really like to see is that uh, however they approach talent gathering. Uh, uh, on the football field that it uh, it leads you to getting guys like uh, Tyreek Hill uh, selecting them in the you know, finding them in the fourth and fifth round when other people have overlooked them and they end up being one of the best players in the NFL uh, you know that's the, that's a kind of talent uh, finding uh, not only uh, not at finding diamonds in the rough late but also nailing the the, the guys the obvious guys early uh, mm-hmm. that you know Quasi Adolfo Mensa you know that's what we really want to see from him as well as driving change and, and how the Vikings uh, approach game day preparing for it and also how they play it on the football field yep um, Chuck said earlier he's hoping for D'Amico Ryans the other big head coaching candidates that are possible are all playing this weekend. There's the three of them, Raheem Morris, D'Amico, Meyer, uh, D'Amico Ryans, and uh, um, what's his name? Kevin O'Connell for the Rams. Kevin so, O'Connell. So keep those names. I will just as, yeah. You know, as fans, keep those names. Close handy. to the vest, uh, I think. And I'll bet we'll see I, I, second interview. Fine. Uh, I, I do want to say uh, we haven't really – I think I do want to uh, just to find the final touch on the Harbaugh rumors is that whether it's uh, whether there's smoke, there's fire usually. But I, I, a lot of people on here are uh, the comments I'm seeing are pretty favorable about Jim Harbaugh. And and, you know, that's understandable considering he was very successful liners. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, if Harbaugh's going to have he's full. Uh, Harbaugh seems like he's a bit of a control freak, uh, very demanding, very tough. That, that's not that that's always a bad thing, but that seems to me at odds with the whole consensus building and everybody feels value and, and we're going we're to build on consensus and communication. Those are the, those are the messages that were coming through loud and clear from the Wilfs and Quasi Adolfo Mensa. I'm not sure if, if, if that is, if he's a good fit for what Quasi Adolfo Mensa is trying to build right now, but Quasi Adolfo Mensa did work on, you know, under with Harbaugh, him, under him, him and in, in San Francisco. So he knows what he's all about. And he's probably in there on the, on the interview. I mean, I would be shocked if he wasn't part of that zoom call interview. So we'll find out. Oh, he's, he's there. Um, the other decisions Quasi has to make almost immediately within the next month, is what to do at quarterback. Now, of course, he's probably going to want his prospective new head coach to weigh in on this, and I would wager that during all these interviews, that is a question. Uh, I've said it before. There's probably a right answer and a wrong answer, and we're trying to find out what in the world is Quasi going to do. Is he going to look at everything and say, hey, for the team to get better in the long run, Kirk, we're going to trade you. Or does he keep Kirk and say, we're going to eat the $45 million and you're going to get everything you want, need, or desire that we can afford, and you're going to go for it. Uh, we're going to run it back with you. I hate that idea of running it back with one of the three uh Pillars of what we thought was the dysfunction of last year's team, uh, but who knows? What do you think? the The quarterback, the plan for quarterback, or Cam's quarterback uh, QB plan is it? It's the most other than hiring the next head coach. This is this is going to be the most important decision that he makes this season for the, for the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins, the things we can say about him, going to be 34 when the season starts in in 2022. So uh, uh, what you see uh, with Kirk Cousins and is is what you get. I mean, he is a I believe he's a finished product right now. Not not going to get any better than he's been. Uh, probably can only get worse uh, in, in a lot of ways as he ages and maybe loses a little bit of arm strength and uh, definitely uh, <laughs> continues to lose 
uh, running speed, which he doesn't have much of anyway. But uh, <laughs> 30, 34, uh, he's like uh, accounts right now for twenty one or just over twenty one percent of the Vikings' total salary cap. That's what he's eating up. That's a substantial amount. Uh, oh, when you think baseline of play twenty one percent, there's fifty three men on the roster, and he has twenty one percent of that money that's allocated, and you hear the Kirk. Pro Kirk folks that say, well, if only if you had a good offensive line and if the defense was better. Well, how are you going to pay him if he's eaten so much yeah. in the salary cap? Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? No. Has not shown that yet whatsoever. Does he deserve great quarterback money and how it impacts the team? Does that actually hamper his ability to be better? And in both those cases, I would say yes. Now, the question is, how, what, how does Quasi view that and the new head coach? And we'll find out. We will find out. I think that, the, like you said, Kirk's baseline play, you, you know what you're going to get. And, and uh, you know, that is good to very good play most of the time, uh, at least with this Vikings team for four years. But... Like, uh, but one playoff performance, one playoff appearance in four years that he's been with the team, and you're paying forty plus million for that. Uh, I would say that at his age, at that, yeah, at at his age, uh, at the level of play he's giving you, and at the the, the amount of money you're paying him, then uh, I don't think he's the the long or the short term answer. What I feel that what's I guess it's, it might be a little bit painful early on, but but I feel that may, the, really what the Vikings have to do here is look at Cousins trading him to a team and getting some draft capital out of it. Then you bring in a bridge quarterback for that year or two, uh, and the bridge quarterback is not going to be anybody who excites the Vikings. If you look at the the QBs who are on, scheduled to be free agents unrestricted right now, uh, you know, you're going to roll your eyes. It's like Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> yeah. um, Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, you know. Or you, you get somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo who uh, the perhaps, you know, the 49ers could look to trade um, or the Baker Mayfield's been thrown around. As a bridge, uh, yeah. As, as a bridge, you know. But if you, if you get that and somebody's uh, – you get rid of – most of Kirk's salary, you gain some draft capital from that, which, uh, which allows you not only to free up salary cap space, along with the other some of the other vets that you're going to get rid of and is going to give you more salary cap space. Then you get time, then you get money and extra draft picks to strengthen the roster to make up for what you're losing by having the bridge quarterback in play with maybe a little bit lesser stats uh, compared to Kirk Cousins. Um, and then you look at at the draft. Is it whether it's this year or Quasi looks at either this year or next year or maybe every every year selecting a quarterback. But I think the other part of the QB plan that he's he's got to look at is, and that's why we've got Kellen Mond up there on the screen right now. Is you need a plan for Kellen Mond. I think you draft. He was your first pick. Your first pick in the third round last year. That was a very high, still a high draft pick. But my concern, my fear is that last his rookie year, he got did not get the coaching he needed. It was a wasted year in development for him. And I believe that with that culture of fear and some of the things you heard Zimmer say about him late in the season, I feel that that he was being torn down by the coaching staff instead of being built up. Uh, right. So I'm a bit worried about that he didn't have a very positive uh, rookie year. Uh, we, worried I think we all were – mentality? Many, yeah, state? worried about his mentality, his- mental state. Like what, what is his confidence level at right now? I think that that would – that the Vikings and Quasi Adolfo Mensa really have to invest in Kellen Mond to see what they have and put out a coherent plan, a positive plan – that tries to bring out the best in him and see what we've got. In which case, you know, if you can really develop him really well, then you don't have to spend draft picks on your quarterback of the future next year or even well, in this draft. You're going to need to because there's only two under contract. There's Kirk Cousins yeah. and there's Kellen Mond. If you trade Kirk Cousins and roll with Mond, you still need two more. 
Um, because you need, but a I don't think they're rolling need... with Mon this year. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just thinking about. I, I feel the bridge is going to get brought in, and Mon this year becomes the really the, the solid development year where you have that plan for Mon to, to develop him and see what you've got with him. As where opposed to last year, it seems like he just got stuffed in the corner somewhere. Was told with the dunce cap, and the the Vikings just tried to ignore Sit him as much as up. they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So and they the, and the, but they. The draft, the, this year's quarterback class is, you know, we're not too sure about it. Yeah, there's <laughs> only a couple a bit- that, you know, our network contributor and friend of the show from NBC Sports Edge, Tyler Fortis, likes. One of them's right there that you brought up, down there on the bottom. That's right. Malik. The guy from Liberty. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis and um, the you know, wonderfully talented, uh, got all, all kinds of great arm strength, great mobility, kind of the modern type of QB, um, but played at Liberty, you know, not a, a Div- Division One powerhouse playing against lesser talent. But uh, Trey Lance was also in a similar situation, right. uh, similar questions about the caliber of talent that uh, he faced in, in, in the one season that he was a, a quarterback at North Dakota State. And he ended up getting in, uh, you know, getting drafted by the 49ers and, you know, within the top 10. But um, this year's quarterback class, whether it's Willis or somebody like Kenny Pickett, it's not considered as strong as last year's when you had five right. guys picked in the first round. And even of those five, Mac Jones was the only one who played well. The other four were like horrible. And that was even, even Trevor Lawrence, who's a, who's a can't miss guy. So uh, drafting a QB is, is always risky, of course. And, but I, uh, but I, I think that the Vikings are going to take that route that they're going to get a bridge guy this year, get rid of cousins and look to draft a quarterback of the future. Maybe not this year, but next year unless with a cousins trade you get that extra first rounder that allows you to take a a shot at your qb of the future mm-hmm. uh, like willis or like a kenny pickett um, but that's where i think that they're i guess that's where i think they're going to go that's also where i hope they they go uh, and i am fully understanding that if the vikings get a bridge guy who's not as talented nick howard mentions gardner Minshew. that's another guy i forgot uh, but mm-hmm. he could be a kind of a low cost trade option and a guy who's uh, at Jacksonville did not have very good talent in to play with, but uh, you know, he showed some good things and uh, people always talk about Gardner being a gamer. He's got Moxie. He's got and, the and, it factor. And the teammates love um, him and he's a leader. Got all that stuff. That sort of. He, he's a leader. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to getting Minshew in here either. And and maybe he turns out to be actually your guy with better talent around him. And in which case, you hey, you know, it. then you don't have to yeah, roll with it and you don't have to draft <laughs> Willis or somebody in 2023 who we don't even really know who that would be yet. Would it be like Spencer Rattler or somebody else? You, you just you just don't know. Uh, but it's a good question. That's I- <laughs> We don't know, and we'll talk more that, about the draft and uh, the QB prospects there as we get closer to the draft. But your the big point of this segment was this has to be decided on which way Quesse and his new head coach are going to go. This has to be decided on which way Quesse and his new head coach are going to go revolves around the head coach position because it is so important to a team's success more than any other spot on the field is to nail that choice. David, the one thing about uh, which I, I think is also important to mention is that, um, again, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, Mensa with the 49ers for eight of eight seasons. He worked under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, of course, his last few years there with the team. And, uh, we know that or it's been rumored that, well, I don't think it's a rumor. Kyle Shanahan thinks a lot of Kirk Cousins. Last year, there was the talk that that he wanted to get Cousins and get uh-huh. rid of Garoppolo. Well, 
maybe Shanahan, who I think uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa thinks very highly of Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. If Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan feels very highly about Kirk Cousins, and that I think would have seeped into Quasi Adolfo Mensa's thinking. So it's not within the realm of possibility that Quasi Adolfo Mensa thinks that Kirk Cousins can be the guy, in which case you're probably looking at him trying to get sign him to a short-term extension that lowers his cap hit but keeps him around for two or three more years. Uh, I don't want to see that happen, but it wouldn't be something that would be impossible to imagine. Okay. I don't want to see it happen either. I don't even want to contemplate it. (laughs) Oh, well. Off the quarterbacks and on to our next subject. The backfield, the safeties. Yes, this is part of our uh, positional analysis that we'll be doing here for the next few weeks. We've uh, we went to, with corners and linebackers the previous two weeks, and we're we're getting down to the safety position, which is yet another position that the, there's there's going to be some flux, I think, and some some changes there. What those changes are going to be, not very sure yet. But what we do know is that Harrison Smith. Uh, uh, one of the best safeties that the Vikings have ever had. Uh, Got to be in the top three. I'm, I don't know if you put him ahead of Paul Kraus and Joey Browner, but uh, there could be some arguments made for, for maybe him Browner, ahead of Browner, but not Kraus. Not Kraus, no. But in a sixty, you know, the sixty-plus years uh, franchise history of the Vikings, Harry the Hitman's one of the top three safeties, safeties. we've ever had, mm-hmm. and uh, that's saying a lot. Great player, been a great player since he got here, but he is 32 uh, with a 13.4 million cap hit going into next season. And uh, so that always raises questions, especially with a new head GM and new head coach coming and you don't know what systems they're going to employ. You don't know how much they value the players that that the Vikings currently have under contract. So there's some uncertainty there. But, but my feeling is that out of the three, you've got, Pictured here, you've got Harrison Smith. Number 23, of course, is Xavier Woods, who was the free safety opposite Mm -hmm. of the hitman this year. And then number 43 is Cameron Bynum, who was was the rook dog last year. Um, I think that hitman's going to stay. You you can't get rid of everybody on this team. Uh, And one of the things that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa said was that was attractive about this was the players that, that... the Vikings already have, and Hitman is one of those star players. Uh, if you're going to have a competitive team, you've got to have retained some of those guys. And I, I know that there's uh, our our friend Ted Glover was talking about. Uh, I think uh, if he gets released, uh, Hitman gets released after June first or something. That right. his cap hit would be very low, which is something to keep in mind. Um, but uh, I really feel that the Vikings, with Hitman still playing, I think he can still play. We saw that last year. You know, Zimmer used him in a variety of ways. Uh, you can blitz him. You can have him cover guys one-on-one, although that's not ideal. Uh, he obviously knows what he's doing on the back end mm-hmm. on things. can still hit, still good in run support. Uh, at 13, $4 million, I think with his leadership, that he stays because he can still play and he helps solidify your, your defense on the back end woods on the other hand he he had a good season last week he was solid he was about i think he was he played about as well as he didn't play well above expectations but i believe that he was he was played about now how much of that was him and how much of that was hitman because hitman has been known to make the guy playing next to him look better um and play better than he actually was it's uh another reason to keep hitman because he does improve his counterpart where playing stronger weak side safety their play and he's so good at being able to diagnose what's going on with the offense uh his best compliment i heard on hitman this year was from aaron Rodgers, and uh Aaron Rodgers talking about he didn't know whether Hitman was coming or not. Or he guessed on one and did know he was coming and goes, you know, come on, come on, come on, and goading him. It was because Aaron Rodgers got so frustrated 
with Harrison disguising stuff that it it it, it became you know one of those contests that yeah I got to beat him he's gonna you know type deal that's how good Harrison is and I think that rubs off on whoever's playing next to him whether it been Sandejo back in the day or now Woods this last season um, and we obviously have the youngster who was his understudy this year. Cameron Bynum, who came in um, for Woods and played outstanding, and yeah, I think that I think with Woods, uh, I uh, you're talking about uh, uh, was was playing next to Hitman the reason he played you know well uh, in which case uh, that might be an argument for bringing Woods back because they worked well together uh, but uh, and Woods it didn't cost us last year he was like a one year 1.7 million dollar deal very cheap for a veteran like him uh, you know we got good value out of that signing but uh, because of I think uh, Woods had four interceptions this year again solid play um, and the Vikings defense was not all that great but but he, he's going to get uh, probably around, uh, he's going to get a longer term deal for more money than 1.7 million this off season. And I don't think that's coming with the Vikings. And because Bynum who didn't play a lot, but when he did in place of Hitman, mind you at the strong safety position, not at free safety, but Bynum is a guy that is very intriguing, a former cornerback at California. So, uh, you know, he's got good coverage skills, a smart, smart player, played well in the short amount of time that he was there. And next season, he's about a $1 million cap hit. So if you, I think having him opposite a young, promising guy, opposite a hitman, you know, with the amount you're paying Bynum, you can afford to keep hitman at his mm-hmm. salary there. And you can feel good about having uh, two, uh, two solid, very solid safeties. And one of them is, is the, is, is uh, probably there. I think Hitman, this would be his last year with the team, but Bynum could be one of your future mainstays at right. safety position. Uh, and then the problem is beyond that, if you let Woods go, you don't have much uh, depth. You got Josh Metellus, Miles Dorn are the only other safeties on there. There has been talk in the past about turning Harrison Hand into a safety, but that hadn't been done. Uh, but uh, I think Drew had men- asked, when would you draft a safety? Uh, I thought the Vikings were going to draft a safety early last year, and then uh, they ended up drafting Bynum in the fifth. But uh, at that point, we were like, but he's a corner, but they were going to turn him into a safety from the get-go anyway. So they did address the safety position last year. I think this year you'd really be looking at finding the successor to Hitman. Uh, and in that case, I, I expect them to draft a safety somewhere in the from the third round on, on uh, somewhere mm. between the third and the fifth round. They don't have a fourth rounder this year, uh, but I think that they're going to target a safety because uh, they need depth at safety, and safeties are often core guys on your special teams as well. Uh, the, the safety class potential free agents is, uh, is there's a long, lengthy list and some pretty good names on there, but um, if you're going to um, – and Woods will be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sign one of those top five guys, that's going to cost you just as much or more to sign Money. them mm-hmm. as it would be to keep Hitman. And you don't know if you're getting going to get better play. So I don't really see the Vikings going in free agency and uh, and addressing safety at all. I think they they stick with Hitman and the, and Bynum is their starting two, and then look to draft a guy somewhere in the third or fifth round in the draft uh, to add depth and, and uh, develop that, that person as your, your successor to hit man uh, to you know, in for 2023, I think that's really where they're going to go with the safety position. Um, and Drew had also mentioned another good question. Sorry, I'm not, maybe not addressing some of the other questions from other people, but Drew talking about switching Pat Peterson to safety. That is, could that be an option? Uh, a, does Peterson want to be, be a safety? Does he think that could prolong his career? Uh, and the other thing is, does Patrick Peterson want to come back to Minnesota as a safety? Uh-huh, and take because a pay cut to do it. Take a pay cut. And, and re- when it seemed like he came here, he was a Zimmer guy, and now Zimmer is no longer here. So uh, does he really want to come back to, to Minnesota and play a different position potentially? I think it's it, it would be an option for him. We've we've seen other corners do it in the past. And you he know, discussed it the, coming into last season. If he needed to play safety, he'd move back. Um, 
and it's a guy it, you know it's not a bad not a bad option for a guy who's lost a step you know with, with his speed but is still knows the game very well and still has very good ball skills uh and that seems like moving to safety seems like a pretty logical move for a guy like patrick peterson that it's 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 a very good possibility i would love to see it i'd love to entertain it because i think it would work out successfully the question will come to the as to the cost and how the team gets assembled going into the season. But I think it's a good one. And I know we all would love those that listen to his podcast weekly um, for that to continue and get the skull check-in when he talks about the team. And he can't beat it because it's one of the best podcasts out there for getting direct information uh, from his point of view of what's going on. So I'd like to see it. The uh- Peterson switching to safety would, uh, uh, of course, uh, open up, uh, you know, that, that would be another question the Vikings would have to address for their corners as to who. I don't think Peterson's coming back as a, as a corner with the Vikings, especially with a new head coach and a new GM. But uh, the fact that he won't be back, Breland won't be back, and uh, Mackenzie Alexander probably is not going to be back, like we discussed before. That's right. that, that's your starting that's your starting yeah. top three top your starting corners that you all have to you have to replace all of them. Now Cameron Dancer will be one of the guys oh, replacing them, but who are going to be the other two? Uh, so yeah, that's a great question. We'll find out how they plan on doing we it. Will. Because out of all the head coach prospects. All of them except for Kevin O'Connell are defense. I don't know what Harbaugh's background is, but he's been a head coach, so you count him as a head coach. But I think well, he he's, a, from, he's a quarterback in the NFL, so, so it'd be offensive. Yeah, he, he's an offensive guy, but uh, but uh, he's just a ball coach, Harbaugh. Right. So, ooh, interesting, 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 interesting. Well, that's it for. The three main topics of the day. Have you got anything else? I am. I don't have anything else. I am just like uh, Jeff Gladney. He'll be back with somebody. He'll 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 be back with some. Well, yeah, he'll be back with somebody, but it won't be the Vikings. Uh, hey, if I don't know, unless things are Ray Rice didn't make it back into the NFL, but Kareem Hunt did. So I'm not sure what the uh, what the level of tolerance is for when somebody does something as terrible as Gl- Jeff Gladney did. But uh, I didn't look. But, did uh, he get prosecuted? I, I I haven't paid any attention to that <sighs> bum. I know he's going to. I know he's brought up on charges, but I don't know if it has gone through trial yet. No, I haven't seen anything either. But, uh, but uh, yeah, they, uh, really, right now it's all waiting on who's going to be the head coach. I, I like, I like Ryan's really uh, a lot. Just looking at how the San Francisco defense has performed the last two weeks, it, when you when you limit the Cowboys and the Packers to twenty seven points total in two games, both on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you were, didn't have Nick Bosa for half, almost the the whole Cowboys game, um, man. I was that's they've been impressive on defense. And you look at Ryan's on the sideline, and you you know yeah Harbaugh's a fired up kind of guy, but Ryan's is just every bit as emotional and as energetic. And that's the kind of energy and emotion I want to see from the new head coach uh, with us. And uh, yeah, I'm. I know some people want an offensive-minded guy, but to me, um, I want a head coach right now who's going to be a coach of the whole team um, and be the See, CEO of the team. Raheem and not Morris. Be, what I like about Raheem Morris is yep. more the whole team thing. You know, I, you know, I did Ryan's, but I really like Ryan's. And but uh, I think you know, um, O'Connell. I'm um, sort of, I don't know, uh, but maybe he's the next. You know, he's a kind of the next Matt Lafleur, a uh, guy yeah. who maybe might be a little bit lightly regarded, but turns in and ends up being doing a great job wherever he is. Uh, Raheem Morris, I initially wasn't really all that keen on him, but uh, he's you know you know he's an impressive guy as far as the way he communicates. He's very Mike Tomlin in that way in his enthusiasm and the messaging that he provides. And you can't deny that the Rams' defense has been playing well so far, and. Uh, 
and uh, center is center is our first, first round pick. Round, well, I was about to say Stephen's bringing the jokes right now. Um, no, yeah. centers aren't that valued. Sorry, but just waiting for the next head coach. Really, uh, I'm expecting that we'll get find that, that answer out here this coming next seven eight days. And we better because uh, some of the guys are getting uh, – some of the other teams are picking their head coaches. And I, don't, I don't want the Bears to get our guy. I don't think they got our guy as no, the they've already general got manager position. Coach. But Oh, sorry. Yeah, Eberflus. Yeah, Eberflus. Yeah, whatever. Or however you pronounce it. I think it's Eberflus. But it was funny. They yeah. hired they, – uh, what was it? They fired a Matt and a Ryan. Hired and they Matt. hired a Matt and a Ryan. Same first names on both. So, it's just interesting. Hey, everybody. We got Championship Sunday tomorrow. Who's your favorite? Who do you want to see win the NFC? And who do you want to see the AFC win the AFC? It's uh should be interesting games on both sides. Can the Niners be very good games. beat the Rams for the seventh time in a row? And their house, I, I don't know. You know, can Cincinnati's upstart young quarterback stay cocky and win the game against the Kansas City Chiefs? That'd be something. Stevens making the bold prediction. Bengals with the upset over the Chiefs. 49ers with a slight upset over the, the Rams. Could be. I... I tend to I agree with him on the 49ers pick, but not on the Bengals pick. Bengals. I think that it's going to be Chiefs 49ers in the, that win and go to the Super Bowl, and um, which probably means that it'll end up being the Bengals and the Rams because <laughs> my my predictions are often shit. <laughs> yep. Well, I want to thank everybody for watching today. It's been a fabulous week over on Climbing the Pocket. Join us again. We'll be here. Monday night, as usual, and start this all over again. We may have some daily sit reps, depending on what news breaks between now and then. I fully expect to see a new head coach by the end of next week. We'll be here for it. Any last words, Darren? I'm sure uh, nothing other than, uh, Dave, it's going to be another week of uh, lots of Viking news, I think, uh, with the new head coach and with the rumors swirling here probably over the next 24 hours about is Harbaugh going to be coming or is not? Is he going to leave Michigan or is he going to stay? Uh, that that uh, So interesting times, and I welcome it because it sure beats what we were having to deal with a month ago. And then comes assembling the staff. Who's going to be the OC? Who's going to yeah. be the DC? All that stuff is on the way. With that, also draft prep, free agency talk. It's going to be wild, folks. So join us on Climbing the Pocket. As we always say, Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.